Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Damn, does that feel so good to say again? I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. He's back. Let's go! Woo! If you're not fired up for this episode, you, you uh, check your <laughs> pulse because you might be dead. I'm at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. You can follow me. You can follow Austin at Austin Huff. But most importantly, follow the podcast on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. On Instagram, follow us at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella so go give a to z sports a follow across all social media platforms this feels so good this feels right this feels right this is sewed number 67 oh damn it you know what i came back two weeks too early <laughs> yeah. oh yeah nice is it okay. too late to get luke warsham in <laughs> luke warsham luke warsham luke warsham luke warsham uh the quentin spain of sodes is that fair to say? Spent four years with the Titans, started 48 games between 2015, 2018. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And um, it, it's a good week to go country with the last name. You know, Spain being a country. That's true. Talking about another guy who has, well, it's not a country as a last name, but it's a language. Right? Did, well, what, Bennett? No, not Bennett. Wait. I'm, th- I'm thinking French. French. We're oh, going. We're going oh, French we, today. We are going to. We are going to talk about the Titans' newest signing. Oh, hold on to your hats, folks, because this Bennett is should a be a country. One. Bennett should be a country. Bennett. Should, they, there might be a country named Bennett, like in the. I don't know, like like an African country or something. I feel like it would be a Baltic in the Baltic region. Ooh, yeah, very. It sounds Baltic. Very Baltic. Uh, we also could have gone with Andy Lavitri. Andy Lavitri as the so this week, but Levitre, huh? That's yeah. The sixties have been just a funky time. Last week I, was Gennaro DiNapoli. It's just and, been a fucked up. Right. And a lot of people were asking me while I was away from this podcast, like why I left and where I was. And if I was ever coming back, honestly, I, I waited for all of the bad n- numbers. of the episodes <laughs> to go through. That was the only reason why I took a step away. I couldn't the middle mid sixties, like who are you going to name? Like, uh, you know, I next week we've got uh Kevin Mawai, which now it's, we're starting to get back to some good numbers. Uh, the Brad Hopkins of Sodes coming up soon, anyway. Drew Bennett joins us today, and I'm so excited because this is his third time on the Sode. I mean, on the on, on the podcast, he is awesome as always. We're going to talk to him about wide receivers, why. Because Nick Westbrook Akine. No, no, I'm kidding. Because of Julio Jones <laughs> and AJ Brown. Let's go. Also, Derrick Henry maybe missed the Madden cover. Is he, did he get snubbed? Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Titans fans? I think you could go either way with this one. We'll get into that. Uh, we are also talk about the Titans' newest signing. Uh, and and also there's a few other a few other things I want to talk to Jack about because I have missed some time. I gotta play catch up this episode. We're recording this on 615 day, which I feel like is fitting. And yesterday was Amani Hooker's birthday. So happy birthday to the hooker. 
<laughs> there's a there's definitely a joke in there somewhere where there's uh, there and you know what i've actually been thinking about it all day i've been trying to find like where is the joke in amani hooker's birthday <laughs> like did do you get a hooker a stripper first well birthday? i will say at amani hooker amani hooker's birthday parties in the past there have been a lot of hookers in attendance right that's look that's, that's the best I can do for you. A lot of hookers at his family reunions too, which yeah, I feel like is a little it's weird. Not really a. <laughs> you would think <laughs> there'd be like less the, hookers. It doesn't feel like the spot to invite no. hookers to. But uh, look, to each their own, I guess. Uh, but first, before we get into the the sode, my return sode. I'm so jacked. Let's get a word from Smash Pest Control. Let me ask you guys a question: Do you have menacing bugs in and around your home? Then you need to contact Smash Pest Control, the best control service in Middle Tennessee. Not only will they take care of your mosquito problems, they will also offer crawl space control and are fully equipped to rid your home of termites and bed bugs. Anything in or around your house, trust Smash Pests to take care of it. Smash Pest Control hangs their hat on their smash guarantee. If they don't smash your pest control problems, the service is free. That rhymed. Right now, you can get your initial pest control service started by mentioning A to Z for just 79 bucks. Are you kidding me? It's not a lot you can get for 79 bucks these days, but you can get some great smash pest control work done. These guys do amazing work all over the mid-state. Make sure to check them out online at smashpests.com where you will find the many services Smash provides along with their excellent customer reviews. Need help with the pest problems? Give Smash Pest Control a call. 615 615- Five eight one seven four seven three, and make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. I can't think of a better marriage. A to Z Sports and Smash Pest Control. This is literally Smashville. Let's go, people. Use them to get rid of your bugs. And with all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking cold prison. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is April 16th, 2021. And if you bear with me for a second, I'd like to start today's podcast. This sode. Dude, it's June 15th. What did I say? April 6th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Shows how long I've been away. Sorry. Today is June 16th, 2021. And again, I'd still like to start today's sode with a quote. So bear with me for just one second. Home is wherever you leave everything you love and never question that it will be there when you return. Leo Christopher what and, makes, and Austin Huff. What makes that quote so funny to me is because I know you guys can't see it right now. We'll put something online uh, this week. Uh, maybe maybe a video or two of, of something that happens in this episode. We don't know yeah, what this, will happen. This should be our Mill Creek moment right here. Because uh, we are having a moment right now. I'm staring at Austin and there are no less than 20 boxes um, behind him he's just picked up and moved everything which makes that quote ironic but either way we're, we're here to have fun today right and so just for 
just for full clarity, full disclosure, let's peel back this curtain while we, well, you know, Jack, give me a little peek behind the curtain. Let's just go ahead and pull the whole thing back. I moved into this apartment on the day Julio Jones signed with the Titans. Well, he was traded, but yes. Trade, yeah, sorry, traded to the Titans. <laughs> I, I've been messing that up so much. <laughs> on the day Julio Jones was traded to the Titans, I moved into my apartment. And you're like, okay, that was what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, it was. And my office is still boxed up. I still have not fully unpacked. The rest of our house looks decent. In fact, I probably should have done this podcast from there because it, it looks all right out there. In my office, though, it is absolutely is a pigsty full of boxes. And it is kind of embarrassing that we're there. But it's a good measuring stick, though, for, for you or your wife. You know, it's like, damn. We still aren't moved in all the way. Julio Jones has been a Titan for four months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I, I will always remember the day that I moved into my apartment though. That's the cool thing. And uh, the fact that let's just go ahead and get into it. Jack the So I've been gone for, I don't know, clearly since April, as I couldn't even get the date right off the top of the podcast, but uh, I don't think much has changed since I've left. Right. It's been a pretty boring off season since, uh, what, I mean, okay. It's yeah. Just, third NFL draft happened and, uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, just a generational great wide receiver talent has been traded to the Tennessee Titans, uh, quite possibly the greatest acquisition in franchise history. Um, but yeah, like other than that, I mean, I don't think anything big has happened, right? What, what cracks me up is, you know, while you were gone, I when we, to be clear, we didn't know if you'd be back. We it yeah, was, no, it was very true. uncertain for a while, and I think it's been two months um since you've been gone and now have returned. Yeah. But in those two months, you know, it's dry as hell. I mean, the off season is boring. That was another but, reason why I and, left too. And, and was, I, I just I decided to get out. I was like, look, this is my off season. I don't know if I can do another off season. And and Luke Worsham, bless his heart, comes in, and does a great job with me. I had so much fun with it, Luke. Love but, me some uh, Luke Worsham. And, and I, Luke, which which sorry, and not to cut you off, but before we go anywhere, we and we should have even started with this. Can we get it one quick, just in honor of Luke and the service that he provided in my absence? Can we get one good? Luke Worsham segment. It's better than a standing ovation. I feel. I like. I think so. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Worsham. Luke. Meanwhile, people are like, Luke actually brought significant Titans analysis to this podcast. <laughs> All Austin does is just say people's names, and that's what I was going to say. I, you know, Luke, me, Luke, and I, we we kind of just. It was like the holes march in, in in the movie Holes, where it's there's nothing out there. You're just finding for any any water, or any edible onion type substance <laughs> that you can get a hold of to get you through the, the you know the dry parts of the off season. Sure, Luke does. Look, I'll, I'll say this, Luke, and he deserved this. He got the Julio Jones episode, but that's all we really had. You know, Titans related news. I mean, um, the draft was big. We had Luke for the draft. Um, but after that, it was kind of just Julio. And now you come back and you get to, you know, we're, we're, we're now seeing videos of, of 90% of the team out at training camp, yeah. um, you know, getting work in. And, of course, Austin just skips out on the two hardest months to put a show together and, and comes back when the grass is finally turning green again. 
Isn't that nice? Isn't that, did I not plan that perfectly? I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm ready to return. Uh, now that the tide's got Julio Jones and gave us something <laughs> to talk about. Uh, the, now, okay, so th- the cool thing is, it's like when I when I left, now I'm back. The Titans now have the greatest wide receiver of our era and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Are you okay? All right, hold on. You know, I'm referring to Nick Westbrook. Okay, good. Okay, let's go. Let's go. That's good. That's how you should do it. That's fantastic work (laughs) on your end. When you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown on the same field, that only frees up corners for Nick Westbrook Akine. And if you don't think our guy NWI is going to go off this year, then you've got another thing coming to you. You're not a Titans fan. I'm just going to say it. NWI might be. The he's going to become the man that we know he is. And I am so excited for it. That we, is. We unfortunately haven't got to see any of NWI out on uh, the field getting any work in. Um, nobody really knows it, which is nobody really knows what's wrong with him. Um, well, first I'll, of all, I, I would say nothing's wrong with him. Nobody just knows why he's not on the field. Well, I, yeah, no, no, nobody outside of. You know, there's one Titans media member who might have an idea, but I I, I can't give you any more than that. Oh, um, wow. it, it's gonna <laughs> sounded cryptic. Yeah, so I'm not gonna go any. I probably have said too much already. Are you the media member? <laughs> I am the media member, but Nick's Nick's uh, he's doing great. He's gonna be back out there soon. Um, okay. Big bounce wow. back season for NWI. Hold on, you have intel on NWI, and you're not gonna. Dude, I am the go to NWI source. We have the exclusive on this podcast for NWI news, and you're not gonna drop it. I can't I can't? I, that's that's the one guy I'm in with, man. And Mason All Kinsey, right. I guess. Although Mason Kinsey, we haven't talked in a while. Yes, Mason Kinsey. How's he been looking at minicamp? I haven't seen it. He's been looking good, actually. You, 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 the the thing is that Julio, you know, the day Julio gets to camp, every all the cameras are on Julio, right? And, and they get the footwork, the, the the speed footwork drill in. Okay, um, so they're all focused on Julio. Diana Rossini puts out this big video of Julio Jones. Right. Moving, moving quickly. Yeah. Which, but can we can we just say for a second? Sports Center tweeted out a video of. You know, and everyone's going nuts about him going through the drills and stuff, like of just chopping his feet on a line. Like, guys, let's not let's not go that crazy. Uh, Julio Jones, I uh, it was remarkably fast. I will say he he is very fast, but there are a lot of fast wide receivers in the sport. Like, that's not that that was my next point. Mason Kinsey follows up. Mason Kinsey, exactly. He's on the back end of the video and he's moving fast. I was like, moving very fast. He's a white dude. You know, if the difference between Julio Jones and Mason Kinsey's footwork is what I'm seeing on camera, look, I'm just saying. Yeah, look, I'm just saying. And and I think that's probably why one of the reasons why Julio Jones accepted this trade to Tennessee is because he knows that a guy like Mason Kinsey will only make him better. Iron sharpens iron. All right. And Iron Kid's bread sharpens iron as well. That 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 being uh, Mason Kinsey because he is white, like uh, white bread. So that is. <laughs> should we? Should that be Mason Kinsey's new nickname? Iron Kid's bread. Um, I, I don't know. Th- some are saying. Some are saying Iron Kid's bread. Mason Kinsey. Yeah, just IKB. 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 Ooh, then, then we're getting too many acronyms okay. we are we doing have yeah, that would, we would mix that up with nwi too hard all right we'll, we'll workshop that's, that. that's for our own safety that we don't give him that uh, anyway mason kinsey gonna make julio jones better which is 
something to look forward to for Titans fans. Cause I know you're like eh, Julio Jones. He's kind of washed up. He's got some injuries. What is he like? Sure. He's done a lot down in Atlanta, but what has he done for Nashville? Like what can he do? Just, just you wait, just a couple of weeks of mini camp with uh, Mason Kinsey. Julio Jones will be back at it. Oh shoot. It'll be, it'll be like old times. Um, all right. So now that we got, I, I just had to talk Julio off the top. And I know it's, you, everyone's probably sick and tired of hearing about Julio Jones. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I said that with the most sarcasm ever possible. If you're tired of talking about the greatest wide receiver in Titans franchise history, who hasn't even suited up a game for the Titans yet, then I don't know. Like you clearly have not been a Titans fan for the last two decades because wide receiver is not a position. The Titans are normally have that much wealth and or depth at, and the Titans finally have it. So it's awesome. We need to live it up. We're going to be talking about Julio until September. So just bear with us. But another thing from Julio Jones, who's my favorite wide receiver on the team, to arguably my favorite athlete in all of sports right now, Derrick Henry. Let's talk he about him. Just dropped. He's been dropping workout videos like a madman. Like freaking, like he's Billy Blanks out here, just dropping workout video after workout video. Uh, I'm, I don't, Derrick Henry to me, I, I apparently he's not going to be getting the cover of Madden. I'm kind of okay with this, Austin. I, you know, and we don't know for obviously, we don't know for sure, but there's been leaks and everything, and the, the baby goat and the actual goat, um, it, it kind like, of is, it, is a hint. Like, as an extremely biased Titans fan, I'm like, is that Derrick Henry and Eddie George on the same cover? Because if you remember, <laughs> People Eddie, are George, asking, yeah. Eddie George, first Madden cover athlete. Was he? Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, there was a there was one in 2000, but um, you know what? Let's go ahead and get to that. Let's. Uh, so this is why I'm glad that Derrick Henry did not. It won't be gracing the cover of Madden. You're glad. You're so you're glad he's not going to be on the cover. I'm glad. See, and I, I've been going back and forth, so I'll go, I'll go ahead and take the other stance. I'll take. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that he's not on the cover. Okay, so why I'm glad is because, you know, there's been two Titans that that have been on Madden's cover. Okay, and that was Eddie George, Vince Young. Both sucked the season after they were on Madden. Um, and the Titans are in a spot where you know, the franchise was at this was at the point where both of those guys were on the cover where, you know, they weren't getting a ton of national attention. No. And, and rightfully so, probably. They, they were a new team. Um, and uh, they're outside of Steve McNair, uh, Eddie George is a guy who averaged under four yards a, a rush his, his career. And, you know, the, the Vince Young team, the Titans stunk the year before. Um, and then VY came in looking to be the savior, wasn't the savior. Drew Bennett will tell you why he wasn't the savior. Ooh, but, okay, so, so the Madden curse thing, that dates all the way back to 2000. So yeah. let me give you the origin of this. 2000, okay. Barry Sanders was the first player to be on the cover. Um, Barry Sanders retired after being on the cover. The Madden, <laughs> <laughs> him being on the Madden cover apparently was enough for him to say, you know what, I've done all that there is in this game. Uh, video games are now a thing. Uh, I'm scared of technology. I'm going to retire. Yeah, the most, the the closest thing we got to a video game player in real life makes the cover of the video game and decides, yeah, okay, no, that's it. I'm, I'm done cakes, which ultimately ended up sending a precedence in Detroit. If you become a superstar legend, living legend for the lions, <laughs> you're going to retire early. Yeah. Calvin Johnson. That's a good, yep. Yeah, you're right about that. And actually, you know, Barry Sanders after retiring, 
EA was so just taken aback, baffled, shocked, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They put Dorsey Levins from the Green Bay Packers on the cover. And you know what? I don't know who that is. So uh, then, Dorsey, then people, wait, you don't know Dorsey Levins? Who is Dorsey Levins, dude? I oh was, first gosh. of all, I was four years old in the year. Damn it, I'm old. I want to make that. Gosh. Clear. Dorsey Levins, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he won MVP of Super Bowl 33. Um, Super Bowl 33. I was like not even a person. Actually, that might be uh, that might be a freaking Michigan guy, uh, Desmond Howard. Uh, Super Bowl 33. Brett Favre won it. Uh, MVP. Oh, no, Dorsey no, Levins no, is a no. Bum. Sorry, 31. Super Bowl 31. Super Bowl 31. I'm thinking of when the Packers won it. Yeah, the MVP was Desmond Howard. But Dorsey Levins was on that Green Bay Packers team. Dorsey Levins, certified bum. I'm saying it now. I didn't know who he was Certified bum? Dude made the cover of Madden, bro. 11 seasons in the NFL. He didn't even rush for 5,000 yards. You're a bum, Dorsey Evans. Is he a running back, by the way? No, he's a wide receiver, dude. Okay, all right. That's on me, Dorsey Levins. <laughs> yeah, of and course even he's still, not going to rush for over 100. Even, even still, he only had 2,300 receiving yards. Dorsey Levins, you're back to being a bum. You're a bum. Okay. We're moving on from Bum. He had 14 11. catches, 61 yards in the Super Bowl, dude. How many yards in the 14 Super Bowl? 14 catches for 61. Yeah, 14 catches for 61. What is that like 2.7 yards back a catch? Then, okay, <laughs> it was a different sport. All right, they didn't have the rules that they got today. Here I am. I'm playing the old guy now. I'm playing the geriatric on this podcast, like arguing for guys of the 90s. Okay, so either way, you put Dorsey Dorsey Levins on there. He probably sucked the year after. He sucked his whole career. How um, many podcast? How many Titan up pod, or Titans podcasts out there do you think are are having a debate about the greatness of Dorsey Levins? There is no debate. He's a bum. <laughs> In 2001, Eddie George hit the cover. Uh, you know, he had a good season. Ran for over 1,500 yards, but he lost career high in fumbles. Uh, and fumbled in the Titan season-ending playoff game in 01. Yeah. So we don't want to go back to revisit that. 02, Dante Culpepper, he got hurt, fumbled 16 times, only 14 touchdowns, 13 picks, went four and seven. Marshall oh, Falk, Also, wait, hold on, hold on. You forgot to mention that for the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. The first 11 years of this video game, the cover athlete was John Madden himself. <laughs> That's true. And John Madden, I mean, if anyone looks like football, maybe looks like a football, I think it's John Madden. Yeah, John Madden looks like if uh if 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 Donald Trump and the dad from Frasier had a kid, it would be John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> That's what John Madden looks like. Uh, Mar- anyway, so 03 Marshall Falk, he missed five games, uh, never topped a thousand yards for the rest of his career. Michael Vick in 04 uh, broke his leg. Okay. And then went to jail four years later. Sure. Yeah, jail, (laughs) dogs fighting. Sure. We all know about the Mike Vick. But I will say this. Is it still a curse for the sake that Mike Vick in Madden 04 is the greatest video game character of all time? Character. Not, Not athlete, not sports player. And and look, you you people that are older than me will argue. What about Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson? No, Michael Vick in Madden 04 was even better than Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson. Better than Star Power Mario. He's literally the greatest video game character of all time. Uh, you want to take Link from Zelda? Better than him. Yeah, better I know. Than, I, you keep you keep naming video games. I've never the guy played. who drove the Crazy Taxi and Crazy Taxi. Better that, than him. That's four in a row video games I've never played that you just listed. 
So I'll have to take your word for it. You weren't a Sega Dreamcast guy? Well, I'm, uh, you know, my, my, the first video games I really dabbled in were the Super GameCube. Smash Bros. Were you GameCube, GameCube guy? GameCube, yeah. Oh, you're, gosh, damn it. I'm old. All right. All right. Mike Vick. Uh, Ray Lewis was on the next one. Ray Lewis on the next one. Didn't really have a trouble. You know, he was the first one to beat the curse. McNabb got, started getting hurt. Sucked. Fought Terrell Owens. Curse in 06. Sean Alexander didn't really work out. He was old when they put him on. Uh, Vince Young in 08. No, nothing uh, went wrong with Vince Young, right? <laughs> yeah, other than he went missing and threw 17 interceptions and nine touchdowns. That is, oh, and, uh, and don't forget and, his shoulder pads ended up in the stands. Say, yeah, and the shoulder pads. Uh, Brett Favre on 09, Packers and Jets. Did anything year. go wrong with him? <laughs> uh, threw 22 interceptions and hurt his shoulder, then went to Minnesota. Yeah, and then, and then uh, had his dick posted on Deadspin. That's true. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, people yeah. forget okay. that. Yeah, people he forget was about wearing Crocs. He wasn't wearing copper fit. No, no, no. no. This was pre-copper fit days. This was the. These were just straight up cocks. Sorry, Crocs and well, and cocks. <laughs> All right, I have to keep moving forward. Sorry, uh, sorry, I keep derailing <laughs> you. I, I'm. I. I should stop chiming in. So in 2010, it was the first year two covers, two two athletes made it. It was Troy Polamalu uh, and Larry Fitzgerald. Polamalu missed 11 games. Fitzgerald had a Pro Bowl season though, um, so it, you know you can argue whether or not they beat it. One did, yeah. one didn't. Drew sure. Brees, Drew Brees, uh, franchise record 22 picks, seven and nine for the season. Uh, made the playoffs, then lost seven and nine, making the playoffs. That's disgusting. Peyton Hillis in 2012. I won't even comment on that. He's a bigger bum than Dorsey Levens. Um, yeah, wow. Wow. Detroit, he had more rushing yards than Dorsey Levens, though. I mean, God, who didn't? <laughs> uh, Calvin Johnson was the next one. Um, he, he had a good season. It's Calvin Johnson. He's, he only had good seasons. AP in 2014. Um, missed all but one game um, on child abuse charges. That was the, uh, the belt situation that is since sparked a debate that lives on today about whether or not the kids should be spanked. <laughs> uh, Richard Sherman in 2015 had a good season. OBJ in 2016 had a good season. Gronk in 2017 uh, only started six games, back issues. 2018, Tom Brady. Tom Brady uh, yeah. lost in the Super Bowl to Nick Foles, so kind that of That is true. That is true. People forget that. Yeah, um, but he did win the MVP at age 40. Uh, then, then you had Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown in 2019, his life was derailed by a series of, um, I, I guess just tantrums. And yeah, I would say that because last year, with the law. last year before the season, he got, uh, in legal trouble for throwing a bicycle at someone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He did Antonio, a moving truck. Antonio Brown throwing a bike at someone like it's, that's not an easy thing to throw. So yeah. imagine the kind of tantrum you have to be in to and throw the a Madden curse at someone. The Madden curse has claimed many athletes, but uh, in in that case, you, you may you could argue for CTE getting the victor there. <laughs> um, it, but then we had Mahomes in 2020, Lamar Jackson 2021. So the curse is more beatable now than ever. Yeah, but Derrick Henry isn't on it, and I'm okay with that for the reasons and players I just listed. Okay, all right, that's a strong that's a strong defense. All right. Now let me let me say this. Man curse or no man curse. Actually, I would never I would never want Derrick Henry to be cursed. But Derrick Henry is the is the is the exception to the rule. He's proven that time and time again. 
with being a running back, but then also just in life and doing Bosu ball pushups. Okay. He is just, he is a different beast, different animal. Patrick Mahomes, I would say is arguably the same. He's the exception to the rule when it comes to quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, he beat the Madden curse. Uh, Lamar Jackson is outside of Derrick Henry might be the next best running back in the league. <laughs> also, also second. So like, I'm like, I, to me, I, I don't think the Madden curse would be the end all be all for Derrick Henry, but it's also one of those things where even if the Madden curse was a real thing and it, I, is. I, I, it is, yeah, let's be real. Uh, much like the sports all trade curse, the, the, just the feeling of having your, own player on the cover would be awesome. Titans have Titans would have been had their third. If Derrick Henry made it on that would have led the NFL on that. It is awesome. Really? Having, no one's had more than two. No one's had more than two. Wow. No one's the had Titans more than two. to be the first team. And, you know, right. And that's not a, that's not, that's a cool thing. And because it's just, first of all, this game is bought by, Millions of people, even though they haven't changed it in like seven years, people still continue to buy it, which is probably one of the reasons why they haven't changed it. They're just getting lazy. They're like, well, people are going to buy the it. Thing though, the thing though, Austin, I can't believe that no one said three players. And the Titans are going to have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry and Julio Jones for at least two more seasons. A.J. Brown for hopefully 30 more seasons. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll have you know plenty of opportunities to grace that cover. Yeah. Oh yes, and you're not you're not wrong. I just think it's to have that national marketability, and this is something that Titans have struggled with for the past decade. Is like even they're starting to get more primetime games, which is a big indicator of your marketability as a team. But the fact that you know, like there there used to be like NFL commercials where teams they would play they would show almost every team, but the Titans wouldn't be in the commercials. There was even a playoff commercial going back to the last year's playoff when the Titans snuck in and made it to the AFC championship that season, the, the playoff commercial, the Titans and bills had a half a second clip in this minute long promo. They had a half second each, like even then, like and this is just two years ago. So the fact that the Titans are starting to get market marketable, that's why I love things like that. When PK Subban was on the cover of NHL, it's, these are dumb things. These are dumb things to talk about, but as a fan, you should, you should enjoy it because it's not easy to get that top pedestal in the entire league where the everyone's kind that of looking weekly up attention. You. Yeah, exactly. And and that is priceless in my opinion. So I think, like, yeah, the Titans sucked after Vince Young made the cover, but it was badass that Vince Young was even on the cover. <laughs> it was awesome that the it Titans. Is, it is. It is. And you know, our what? Titans were were featured on everyone's video game and i it's little things like that and i think the titans are slowly getting back to that and i think the titans are slowly becoming one of those top tier teams where you can't talk about the nfl without mentioning the titans and it feels good to get that again and little things like this would only help look you you bring up a good point and um my counter to that and you know then we'll move on is i didn't even know who held the record for teams and, and players <laughs> on the cover and when i went I'm through that nerd. list i was surprised half of them were on there and, and so so that's why i'm thinking you know okay you know and a lot fleeting. of people hate madden now because it doesn't change so would it they hate derrick henry on top of yeah. that i don't know 
but it's the only football game we got right now. So we really yeah. don't have a choice with no Look, with no NCAA video game. I love the national attention for the Titans, and they'll get plenty of it with Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry dominating the league this year. And that's why I'm okay with not getting this extra boost uh, that comes along with the Madden cover. All right. All right. Well, yeah, tweet, you look, tweet at us at Tighten Up Pod. Let us know. Are you happy or are you not happy? And if you're kind of annoyed that we just spent that long on a Madden cover debate, uh, well, just know it's the damn off season. Okay. So put it in your pie hole. Okay. And uh, Dorsey Levens, let us know your thoughts on Dorsey. Yeah. Levens. Let us know your Dorsey Le- <laughs> on the Tighten Up podcast. Let us know your burning take on Dorsey Levens at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. At this is Tighten now Up podcast a Dorsey Levens hate podcast. No, 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 it is not. It is. This is a, we are, we are Dorsey Levens stands here. Levin stands, which sounds like a Jewish last name. The uh, hey, while I was gone, before we get to Drew Bennett, while I was gone, the schedule came out, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, you guys didn't do schedule predictions, did you? You and Luke? No. Should we save that for next week? I think we. I think next week we got to do our schedule predictions because last week we did it, and we were last year. We got what was it? We got eleven, right? We only yeah, we only missed five games. I think we went eleven and five last year. So not to toot our own horn. That is all right. So look forward to that next week. We'll do the schedule drop or we'll, our predictions for the schedule. We'll go game by game because you know people love that when people on sports talk radio do that, and that's not a cheesy gimmick for a sports talk radio show at all. So we we will also do it on our podcast. Uh, before we get to Drew Bennett, let's first get a word from Mill Creek Brewing Company. Mill Creek Brewing Company, located at 2008 B. Johnson Industrial Boulevard in Nolansville, Tennessee, has one of the coolest tap rooms in Middle Tennessee with over 20 unique Mill Creek beers on tap. They have phenomenal patio seating, uh, as well as a massive indoor seating section uh, available if you're looking to enjoy one of their beers, like a Little Darlin', the Juicy Days, a premium light lager. Uh, to cool down, you know, outside it, it feels like a steam room in Nashville. So grab a Mill Creek beer and cool down with one of those. You can check out Mill Creek this weekend, which I urge you to do, as Tennessee and Vanderbilt are both in the College World Series. Go out there and watch some baseball. Nobody throws a party like Mill Creek Brewing Company. You can check them out online at millcreekbrewingco.com to check out some upcoming events, such as Trivia Night every Thursday and live music performances at the brewery like the Brian Golden Blues Experiment. They're performing live at Mill Creek this Saturday, June 19th. So if you're a blues fan, that's got to be on your calendar. You've got to mark that down, and you've got to head out to Mill Creek. And when you do head out to Mill Creek, make sure to tell them the Tighten Up podcast sent you. With all that said, let's get that your This is my first episode back in a while, as we've discussed. So we had to turn to one of mine and Jack's favorites. One guy who has been on the podcast. Yeah, not not one of. I'll just go ahead and say it. Our favorite. A guy who has been on the. I was going to hang up. (laughs) He's been on the podcast. uh, I think this is. Is this now the third time? Correct. The third time on the podcast, number 83 in your playbooks, but number one in your wives and girlfriends' hearts, <laughs> Andrew Russell Bennett, a.k.a. Drew. Drew, dude, welcome back on the pod. Thank you so much, guys. I love doing this. I appreciate you having me back on. 
No, you saved it, yourself there. I, I was thought you were going to say I was one of your favorites. If mm-hmm. I wasn't number one, I I got uh, him, Drew. Yeah, yeah. No, not you're not one of our favorites. You are our absolute favorite. Don't tell that to any of our other guests. Okay. But I have to hang on to something these days. So I'm just going to say that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we we should add that to your Wikipedia page. Drew Bennett, the number one guest on the Tighten Up podcast. Yeah. Uh, Drew, okay. I don't know if you heard or not. Julio Jones went to the Titans. No. Some, yeah, it might have <laughs> slid past you on the in the news, which I totally get if it did. But my question to you, right off the bat, first question: Are you worried that your title as greatest Titans wide receiver <laughs> in history is in jeopardy now that Julio Jones is in two tone? Absolutely, absolutely. No, I tell you what. You know what I am worried about is I think somewhere back there I'm still tied for franchise catches of the game. I think I still either am tied with or hold that. Yeah. And that's gone. The last little bit of relevance that I have in some sort of, you know, stat book somewhere in the Houston Oilers, Texans, or uh, Houston Oilers, uh, Titans franchise, that that's in jeopardy. That guy could do right. 20 anytime. Yeah. Well, to have a receiving record with the Titans used to be like no sweat, like, oh, that'll never be broken because the Titans don't ever bring in any big. And then like they brought in Randy Moss and it's like, oh, maybe. And then like, no, that panned out after like six games. It was like, and oh, then, wow. Randy Moss is really old now. Yeah. And that basically bought you another decade of having your your record safe. And now now all of a sudden the Titans are only investing in wide receivers. They got A.J. Brown. They got Julio Jones. Now I like you've got to be sweating, right? I, I mean, I tell you what, I tried, I'm not much on social media, but I tried to fill some lies in there for both those guys to not get signed. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a huge issue with him. He went to jail for this. He, you know, he's <laughs> an underground drugs thing in the locker, like all that stuff. And, and Drew's no the only, I have one follower, so it didn't work. <laughs> Drew, Drew is the only guy like in the Titans corner who's like not rooting for them to sign Julio Jones. <laughs> No, no. I mean, that guy, I'm, I'm excited for him to be there. You know, I, I've, I feel like it's funny that the further you get away from the team cutting you, the more and more of a fan you become, right? I think <laughs> like the year after I left, I'm like, oh, I want the Titans to go 0 and 16. And then anytime after that, I'm like, that, that was my home. That was like my core franchise. They gave me my chance. I was after that, such, you know, after I got over the bitterness, such yeah. a huge fan. And, and every year that goes on, it's still more and more my team. So to have them sign a guy like that, I mean, I'm all about it now. You mentioned, you know, one of the records that you still hold, just one of, because there are multiple, Drew. Uh, catches in a game. I believe that was – I believe that we talked about that game. Um, the game where you won, like, whoever whoever had Drew been in their starting lineup, they won their fantasy football league that week. Um, and that was during the, the Billy Volick season of 04, where Billy had to come in and fill, fill some time while McNair was down. Um, I love a good Billy Volek reference on this but, podcast. Yeah, right. I know. I, I wish we could get him on. We, we've reached out to the guy. but yeah. I will an, tell him to go on with you guys. Please do. Please, Drew. No, there's no question. I talk to him all the time. He will go on this show. He needs to. He needs to understand how good this is. Thank Let's you, go. Drew. Let's go. You are the man. But, okay, so 14 touchdowns in a season. That's still the single season record for touchdown catches. Um, it's 14. Now, and look, I know what you say. You know, you, you're all Titans now after you've gotten over – the bitterness because, you know, the Titans are, are – look, there are still Titans podcasts who have you on. Oh, so you, you kind of have to be in a way. But <laughs> 17 games in a season this year, you got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown on the same team. And I know that you're pulling for those guys and all. But just as a record holder, as it's in, it's in our nature – not our nature. I don't hold any records. 
but in human nature to, to kind of, you know, want to keep, you know, want to stay at the top, want to be the, the only guy to have done this. But 17 games, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, are you, are you feeling the heat a little? Are, are you feeling a little pressure? Honestly, I would tell you yes five years ago. Now it really doesn't matter to me. And I know that that doesn't, <laughs> we're probably thinking like, no, he's just saying that's who does. It really, now I'm all about guys breaking records, seeing more amazing things happen in football, seeing quarterbacks pass for 400 yards. That makes the game exciting. I want the Titans to do great. I want Julio Jones to, you know, really shine there and play well. Like AJ Brown has the same, you know, talent level. I mean, close, I should say. I mean, Julio Jones is a special player, but no, actually I would love to see, you know, the, the good news is if they do that, they usually put my name in the article with it. Yeah. Hey, true. That's true. You yeah. know, so look, I'll take that now. It's been so far between any reference now that go ahead and break one of those last few ones that I have. I mean, I'd love to see my name. I'll frame that thing. Don't think I won't. <laughs> You'll get the graphic on TV that, that, too. Yeah. He's just okay. looking for that Google, that Google <laughs> alert for his name. Dude, any anything, <laughs> any reference to Drew Bennett, an article with Julio Jones, I'm framing. Don't think I won't. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this too. Um, I don't know how it was back back when you played, but Julio Jones wears number 11 in Atlanta. AJ Brown was wearing number 11 because Julio Jones was his idol. When a vet, when a vet, a really established and Hall of Fame caliber veteran like Julio Jones comes in, and now he didn't ask for number 11. He said he wanted AJ to keep it. But what was the policy back back then uh, when maybe a, a guy who hadn't really made a huge name for himself is wearing a number and then boom, they bring in a, you know, a, a better player, a player who's been around longer and, you know, that's his number. How does that play out? You know, it's really interesting. I've seen the entire, whatever, like potential, all the potential outcomes, you know, I've seen guys just give it to him. You have a guy mm -hmm. like Julio Jones, let's say it's not someone's established as AJ Brown. They either want to be friends or they want to make a good, you know, make the guy feel welcome or do something, you know, for the public eye that looks really, really nice. Just give the number. I've seen a hundred grand change hands for the number. I've seen Ooh. a car change grand, uh, change hands for a number. And I've Ooh. seen guys that think that's their number and are established and basically say, you know, forget you. I'm not giving you my number. There's nothing you can give me from my number. So I've seen it all. And I, you know, I think most of the time it's, I saw two cars change hands and I saw, you know, like 50 grand, 20 grand, that type of thing. I have something that's reasonable that really that person can go take the most sick vacation or buy another car or something like that to make it worthwhile and most of the times when those guys come in they're they're making a pretty penny so it's just a rounding error mm -hmm. for them what drew, would you demand for your well, number? i was gonna say drew drop drop a name real quick who gave yeah. The call? oh yeah yeah yeah. give us names well that's a tough one um see i knew you, you were gonna call me out i was trying to do that in my head when you were there i don't remember <laughs> so other times you know this is all because again this was across the nfl right there were guys that i was friends with and other teams that had gone mm -hmm. places so give me a few minutes. I'll think of that as we're talking. For me, though, um, I would, if he came in, if Julio Jones wanted my number, I would tell him that I would give it to him for free as long as he dropped his number 14 or his 12th or 13th reception. So <laughs> like fourth quarter and he was going to catch number 13. I'd be like, dude, you just have to promise you drop it and see if he would stand to that. You can yeah. have the number, but don't touch my records. That's right. a good way to do it. One minuscule record. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that's good. Question. I'd probably do, I'd probably do 50 grand. That sounds, you know, sounds pretty good to me. We're, we're nice even numbers. So numbers were that important to you? I, I've, you know, a lot of players have, you know, huge attachments to their numbers and they wear it for different reasons. But uh, for you, that was a big thing. You wanted 83. No, 
It didn't no. matter. No, but he wants the money. He was, yeah. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm my rookie year. You want to talk about making a tall, awkward white guy that doesn't know how to dress as a receiver look even worse? Give him number 19. <laughs> looks atrocious. Like, didn't know how to spat my shoes yet. Like, wore the uniform exactly the way they give it to you in the NFL, where like the white is half and jersey was not tight. I'm wearing 19. I looked like I had no, maybe that was part of the, uh, you know, Right. The big facade, right? Was like you don't have to cover this guy. Look at how awful he looks. Well, and <laughs> and it and, and it didn't help with like those early Titans uniforms uh, that the numbers were so boxy. So like you know they weren't the most slimming of numbers. For, you know <laughs> they look great on Eddie George and Brad Hopkins. They look terrible on Drew Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> they make him look tougher and boxier. They make me look awful. Right. Right. So let me ask you this. So obviously Titans, I've got a great duo with. AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And it's one of those things where it's pick your poison for defenses. Who are you going to guard? Because you're going to leave someone open. And it's going to exploit you when you were playing, when you were lining up, who, who did you always want to see opposite of you on the other side of the field, knowing that like was probably going to leave you open. D Mace, right? So Derek Mason was, you know, he went to the pro bowl a bunch of times he might have even had a pro or all pro year. I don't remember, but you know, that guy was legit, right? When he was yeah. in the spot, I loved playing outside of him because they would always, you know, they didn't quite bracket like they do these days, but they would always give him more attention and they would usually leave nobody underneath my outside right route. So I could tell coming up the line of scrimmage just through the progressions and playing enough that they'd go to a certain coverage. And I'd say, awesome, I'm getting this ball, right? I'm going to come back out here and they're going to use that underneath coverage is supposed to be on me to sit. So Derek Mason can't do his little option route on the inside and I should be wide open. And most of the time I was right. And sometimes I could get open, but it was, you know, like having guys like, I mean, I really, I look across the board now on that team, who in the hell are you going to focus on? Yeah. Because I mean, I, most defensive coaches are still old school, traditional stop the run first, make them beat us with deep post routes and make them beat us with passing the football. But the game has changed. I don't know if that's going to be successful. You know, if you, if you have eight guys in the box with those two receivers, you are in a lot of trouble. So I, I Austin asked a good question, but I'm what is, so what are the looks that you saw though, when, when you had this, because I know you guys weren't all hitting on, you know, all cylinders at the same time, the last uh, season, two Titans receivers had over a thousand yards was Oh four with you and D mace, but Eddie George was a cowboy that season, which is weird as hell to think about. But, um, <laughs> What are some... that on the show? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What, what are some of the looks that defenses would try to give you guys knowing that, you know, okay, Drew Bennett, D-Mace, they're having huge years. We got to take one away. Um, but when we do that, we're exposed in the run. What, what kind of coverages and what, and what kind of uh, just different tactics would you see from defenses? So that year specifically was a little strange because I think we've discussed it before, but at one point, you know, myself, and then, you know, that season, Derek was hurt a couple games. Benji Olsen, the left guard from Washington that played for a long time for the Titans, he and I were the only two starters in the huddle on offense that started the first game mm. of the season. So oh, wow. our team was so beat up, we weren't running on anybody. And, you know, as we talked about, the reason that those years were so big is because we were down so much so early in the game. So it's not quite the same as, you know, kind of trying to discuss that with the present day Titans and their run game versus their pass game. But cause back then they would just say, all right, we're going to put our safeties, you know, two, two high safeties, not one in the box because they're not running the ball that well. And we're probably going to be up early and just make them dink and dunk if they're going to pass and make them run the football to win this game. So it's a little different, you know, I think looking at how you would stop 
each team, each team, I feel like each defensive coordinator for this team coming up is going to pick one receiver and they're going to say, okay, we're going to take our best corner. We're going to put him on AJ Brown. We are going to, you know, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, right? Yes, of course, there's some plays where he's going to be one-on-one man coverage. Hopefully we can get to the QB first. What we're going to do is we're going to try to lock AJ Brown up with one guy, take Julio Jones completely out of the game, and then really tease um, the QB, right? Tannehill with, um, with, you know, is this guy in the box? Should I check to a, to a pass? Or is this guy deep and I should, you know, keep the run on? All of that stuff is going to be the only way you're going to be able to really compete with the offense for the Titans this year. Man, I did. Is there anything you would like to do less than have to game plan against those guys? <laughs> yes, <it would> tackle <laughs> Derrick Henry. That's yeah, true. That's true. That's true. That's... That little workout video of him with his shirt off doing all those things. And I just, A, am frustrated that I never trained that hard. You know, like I trained all the time, but all those machines, I've never even seen those. Yeah, like, right. Would faster. Would I look like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Say yes. Would I look <laughs> yeah. like that if I had these like different machines that had all these different angles? And he's, I mean, I was blown away at just the techniques and things that he was doing. But I, yeah. I remember Steven Jackson, the running back from the Rams for all those years, he was kind of Derrick Henry's size maybe not even as big as Derrick Henry. And he ran by me one time in practice full speed and acted like he was going to hit me. And I, it like, it still scares me. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, like who in the world would try yeah. to get from that guy? And that's what you feel like every time I would not want to tackle Derrick Henry. You couldn't for my 50,000 for the Jersey. I would not try to tackle him one time. <laughs> probably, probably good. The Rams wore gold pants, right? <laughs> 50,000 wouldn't even be enough to cover that hospital bill. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, okay. You had two offensive coordinators in Tennessee. Heimerdinger and Norm Chow. I'm, I want a Norm Chow story after this question. But my first question is, you know, the Titans are going from Arthur Smith, who doesn't get fired. He actually gets a head coaching job in Atlanta now, um, to Todd Downing, who was on the staff last year working with the tight ends. He's promoted to offensive coordinator. What is a transition like in a first, you know, you, you know you have a good offense. You know you have pieces there. But, okay, there's this new guy coming in to call plays. What's that yeah. like, you know, getting ready for the season and, and, and kind of learning – and I guess installing, you know, his offense. Yeah. And on top, on top of that too, like, do we, cause this has been one of my big questions. And I think it's a great question by Jack is I, do we put too much stock into that as like, you know, the media or like just fans, like, do we put too much stock into the transition between coordinators or, or conversely, do we not put enough into it? No, I think you don't put enough. And I think, you know, Yes, it's the same system, right? Obviously, he's he's been there, so that's kind of similar with you know a good reference point, the Mike Heimerdinger to Norm Chow. Everything was called the same. We had the same plays. The creativity and the processing, the data that you get from all the other games and all of the information that's floating out there about the other team and their tendencies, and being able to implement that real time in the game with guys in the box and what you have them doing, saying, "Hey." I want you to tell me exactly on third and short. I want you to let me know exactly what, you know, what front they're in, you know, all of that. Mike Heimerdinger was unbelievable at breaking tendencies, our own tendencies and finding tendencies in the defense and then balancing. He wanted, he would ask, I heard him on the sideline all the time, be like, where are we at? Where are we at? And he was asking how many runs and how many passes we've done. And then he would say, break me down on first down. They say, okay, we've run the ball four times on first down, passed on set. Like he wanted all of that and the ability to process all of that with his game sheet and call the plays on top. And then as well, 
the difference between Norm Chow running the same system and Mike Heimerdinger, it was Heimerdinger, we had 120 plays. We would be core 40 plays for that week that were successful. We would add a couple new ones. And then the next week we would run 40 entirely different core plays and work on those all week from different formations. And if we ever went back to a play, it was on a down a distance that we didn't run it on previously. And it was from a formation that was completely different with hmm. different guys doing those different routes. Norm coming from college, and I'll give you a good example of this as you wanted a story about Norm Chow. Yes, please. Yes. His idea of changing the formation was like starting the guy over here and motioning him to where he was last week. Right. <laughs> and we played San Diego like the second week of the season. They called out every single one of our plays and we lost 35 to seven. Like it was. Oh, God. Because it was Norm. just like the college mindset. Norm. It was like, oh, no, no, you move, move this guy across the top. We don't need to. And running the same place. It was just, he had a, a strong learning curve. And so, he had this play called FX, which was where the F receiver and the X receiver would just kind of switch spots. And the inside guy that was doing that flat route had the option to wheel up the side sidelines if it was man to man, or you thought you could beat the corner. And so Norm's first few weeks there, I run the route a couple of times and the corner who runs a four, three or a four, two is six or seven yards off. So I just curl up at about six yards, like an inside to outside hitch and turn around. Norm comes running out finally. He's like, Drew, Drew, what are you doing? Like, do like Reggie. Do like Reggie. Run by that guy <laughs> up the sideline. Run past that guy up the sideline. I'm like, Norm, first off, I'm not Reggie Bush. Second off, <laughs> every single guy in the league that's that guy out there runs a 4-3. If he has a six-yard cushion and we're doing a three-step drop, there is no way I can get by that guy in time for the quarterback not to be killed. So we're going to need to come up with a new solution to your you know, run by that guy. True. Like How can why, why couldn't you just do like Reggie? Why could <laughs> that echoed in my head for years after that? You know, I'm like getting caught from behind. I'm like, oh, Reggie wouldn't do that. Reggie yeah. That right. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. Why <laughs> can't you just win the Heisman Trophy like Reggie? <laughs> right. That's so, I don't understand. It, it sounds like Dinger though, in Dinger's offense. Dinger would be perfect for today. You know, just um, how analytical and you know how, how he you know I, I guess stockpiles information like the first down you know, diff, uh, run past differences and, and stuff like that. It seems like he'd be a perfect fit for today. Um, but so Norm Chow, you didn't get to play with Vince Young, correct? I did. I played his you, first year there. You played his, okay, his rookie season. So was there a disconnect between those two? Uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest points in Titans fans' frustrations is, you know, why didn't Vince Young work after his rookie year, that is? Because rookie he was the rookie of the year offensively in the NFL. Yeah. What What do you think the disconnect was with him and Norm Chow, who's calling the shots? Yeah, you know, I mean, let me and let's say this. I will give Norm some credit since we've been kind of joking. You know, he turned it over quick, right? Norm's a very intelligent, football-minded guy. So as the season went on after that San Diego, he realized, okay, this is not – you know, this is not working. There needs to be much more. I need to process more data. I need to look at things a lot deeper and that kind of stuff. And it started to get better, but that was Vince's rookie year. And I think part of the, we weren't trying to throw a whole bunch of plays because, you know, Vince was all athlete, right? Vince had never had someone stand behind him. And the amount of information you have to process at that snap is new to everybody. And I think that Norm didn't have a good system for helping Vince learn quickly how to process that. Mm -hmm. Watching Heimerdinger stand behind McNair, who really, you know, he was the one that kind of turned McNair into a real, McNair knew what was going on, but he didn't know how to explain it, didn't know how to process it, really didn't know how to take advantage of it before Mike got there. And then Heimerdinger really taught him, and he was always a great quarterback, obviously, but really taught him how to pick things apart and look at things the right way. So Mike Heimerdinger would stand behind Steve in practice, 
and you have him go up there, take the play, and then turn around and go, what did you see? And he would make him start with the front, where the one and three technique on the defensive tackles, where the linebackers were, what he thought it was pre-snap, what it was after snap. If it's that coverage, where are you going and why are you going, right? And every single play, he had to say that before he gave him the next play. And it had to be wow. great because we're running through practice. So I think that that process of getting Vince, you know, I'm like, and Vince was is a very like dichotomous dude in that was an incredible leader, an incredible guy. Guys flocked to him, but I think there was a lot of pressure on him to have so much information downloaded and learn how to learn it so incredibly fast that it just wasn't gonna, you know, it wasn't gonna work for him because, you know, that's, that's the conversation about rookies starting in the NFL, right? If you come from an offense in college that kind of has that mindset and you know, hey, against cover four, I'm gonna go, I know that I go on this side instead of going to this side because this is the hitch and go and this is this, Versus Vince Young was clearly a reactive quarterback in college and was like, all right, Vince, mm -hmm. you're going to go one to two. And then if it's not there, take off and use your athleticism. So that learning curve was way more for Vince than some other guys that come in and start day one. And I just think that Norm, you know, not to know. And again, I don't know who would have been able to do it, but that was just a tough spot to get Vince caught up to speed that fast. And for Vince, right, to learn not just how to learn, but to learn all of the things that go into taking a snap at line of scrimmage. Watching, I mean, that poor guy played against Troy Polamalu and the Pittsburgh <laughs> defense like early in the season, right? So here's a rookie quarterback that's just coming in. He's like started his third game and he's got one of the best defenses. Troy, we had and we had all these check with me's. Okay, so if the safety's deep, you're gonna check to this play, right? And so he'd come up and start to go through the check, and Troy Polamalu would go, oh, "Just kidding, come all the way down to the line of scrimmage and blitz and sack." You know, it was tough. Yeah. So. Wow, that think, is fascinating, though. Yeah. Do you going back to Jack's point about Dinger? Do you think he was ahead of his time? I don't know if he was ahead of his time or it was just kind of the beginning of that game. Because remember, he was a Shanahan disciple. So you look right. at all the guys that were in Washington when Shanahan was in Washington. Um, Lafleur, uh, McVeigh uh, was in Washington. Yeah, you know, like I'm trying to think. Yeah, McVeigh. Um, who's the yeah, Sean McVeigh? There's somebody else too that's out there. anyway. But that core group was all there. And so those guys have kind of gone out and really done exactly what Heimerdinger brought to Tennessee, even on a grander scale, right? Now that the, the film breakdown and the amount of information you have is even more exponential, but that's what Mike, that's what Mike did is that he was learned that from Shanahan, right? Like, Hey, what are their tendencies? What are their, um, you know, what, what, what do they like to do? If we, if we know with a 70% certainty that they're in man coverage on third and short, then we have the advantage. Right. So that's the, the game that you're playing back and forth so much. And then it's not just knowing that sitting there on Thursday, it's having your play sheet and being able to implement that on a real time basis in the game and to keep them off their, you know, off their game. Now yeah. I'm fantasizing and this is no shot at Todd Downing because we haven't seen him call plays for the Titans, but I'm fantasizing about this offense with Dinger calling plays. Man, I, <laughs> it, it sounds like the, you know, there is no, you know, they, they say the sky is the limit, but it sounds like, uh, maybe the galaxy would be the limit for this offense. Yeah, that would be, that would be a galaxy limit. I was sure. in St. Louis when I was there too. I mean, that's just the way the you know coaching yeah. circuit works, man. He's worked his way up from like you know bottom of the pecking order there all the way to OC. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, we 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 hope he can uh, somehow uh, help the defense as well as an offensive coordinator. Uh, <laughs> that's how bad the D was. Uh, the so real quick, let me cut your story. Yeah. But, there's a really fine balance, and I learned this with Heimerdinger, on your offense being so good that it makes your defense better, or it can be too much and your defense is not good because you get shredded all training camp. So there mm -hmm. really is like, 
if you just start picking holes in your defense and guys are used to giving up touchdowns and they kind of get that mindset and guys are used to giving up big running plays, you know, cause your defense in camp, like you want, you know, through the first two weeks of training camp, if you've got an edgy defense and if they're a little chippy, when you get a good run, the next one, they're tackling you in the backfield and getting pissed or they're taking a cheap shot and they're not letting that happen again. Little Donnie Nicky element. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. Not that much. Not go <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? But then there's other guys, like when we were in St. Louis, we would just run up and down the field and you're like, what's going on? And they just kind of got used to that. And it carried over into the season where, well, yeah, we gave up a touchdown, but hell, we've been doing that for three weeks. So, yeah, you don't you don't want your <laughs> offense to dominate too okay. much. Yeah. Do you do you feel that pressure if you're on a team where your defense just sucks and you know you have to put up probably like thirty to fifty points a game just to maybe win? Like, do you feel that pressure every time you hit the field? Yeah, I mean, talk two thousand four, right? Yeah, you know, the offense would would say, "Keep this in this room, guys," but we're going to need thirty five to win this game. And you'd be like, damn, that's awesome. Let's go throw the ball 50 times. <laughs> I would never make it in a 17-game season in a game like that. But that, that's, yeah. Man. Um, all right. Well, before, first of all, thank you again for hopping on with us. You're. Always enjoy it. You are the man. Uh, the man. I'll just, I'll just say that much. Like well, we. <laughs> king of, king of, uh, king of country. What do we got? King that's of country. King yeah, of country that's... now. That's what they say. They, uh, they, I've, I've had a country morning radio show for four weeks now, and they're already calling me the king of country. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn here, but uh, I, I am the uh, the Waylon Jennings of country morning radio. Look at you! You're already all <laughs> you, you can look at his face and see how much he hated saying those words. Yeah, well, you can just <laughs> no, you can see it in my face and know that like uh, I only knew that name because I grew up in Nashville. <laughs> uh the i gotta ask you uh before we get you out of here very important question have you golfed with any oakland a's or san francisco giants recently actually uh steven piscotti i knew it i knew it yeah just class just the classic i had to get an oakland a's name drop out of you before we got you know and uh marcus simeon i played with him three days before he signed his deal with toronto and i'm still waiting for my commission for the good luck you know yeah that's true Right. That's got paid. I think that's, you know, they say business is done on the golf course. I just think that because he wasn't pressing his agent to call and get desperate, he was out there having a good time, not thinking about it. They were like, okay, you win, you get 18 million. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is there anyone else? Do you, you, are there any other, like, do you golf with any San Jose sharks or, uh, that's, that's one of my, that's kind of outside my, uh, my realm, your bubble. Yeah. Um, that was a while ago though. I live uh, right next to Andre Iguodala. We played golf a long time ago, but we haven't re. Uh, I know he likes to golf and gamble, so I'm looking forward to that one. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Man. if you if you play golf with Billy Volek anytime soon, though, seriously, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to text you with him after I hang up right here. Good. And I'm going to say I don't care what you're doing. You're going on this podcast with these guys. Like you have to do this, Billy. I oh or Drew. I've texted Billy probably five times about this, and he he's always busy. He's always right. busy. he's the busiest he's busy man guy. in the world. I swear look, to God. Look, look, those those. Uh, Are you calling Billy? Yes. Those near five hundred. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Uh, Drew Bennett is calling Billy Volek on live on this podcast right now. (laughs) Get him, yeah, to get him to come on. We're gonna Facetime him. Oh, we're Facetiming Billy Volek. (laughs) First of all, you better answer. Oh my gosh, freshman year pins and needles. Freshman year of high school, Austin is peeing his pants right now. 
Uh, he's big timing me too. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna he, probably because he knows you're on the. You're on, I'm you're glad. On the uh, I'm glad that he uh, he at least does it to you as well. That makes me feel a little better. There you go. Yeah. Right. Look, go, look. Good. Those f- near 500 yards per game aren't going to throw themselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will. Hey, I will get him on the horn with you guys. I promise. Thanks, Drew. Oh you're gosh. the man. True. And you look, are the man. As if, like, just when you thought, like, Drew, there was nothing left for Drew to accomplish in his Titans career. He's 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 our our show booker for the Titan Up podcast. <laughs> there we go. Like that. Let me look, know. Anyone from my era you have problems with, you just let me know. Who right. Julio Jones may break your you know touchdown catches record or your you know your your receptions game. in a game record, yeah. but he will he has never booked anyone for this podcast. <laughs> so you will still have that record. I want a plaque. That's what I want. From we'll get you. We'll get you a plaque. We yeah. will literally. We'll, yeah, we'll mail you a plaque, little A to Z sports logo right there on it. Tighten up podcast, and we'll have Jack and I etched into it. Just with thumbs our up. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. I appreciate the time. No, Thanks, Drew, Drew, you're the man, dude. Have a, a great day. Tell Stephen Piscotti we said hey, and uh, yeah, man, we'll we'll probably uh, get you on in like a couple of weeks, just because that tends to be the uh, the, the pace we're going at. <laughs> I'll be on time next time. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Let me say a quick word about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code A to Z, A-T-O-Z, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. If you walked away from that Drew Bennett interview and didn't like, and still were like, nah, I'm still on the fence as to whether or not that guy's awesome or not. Let us throw in another tidbit for you. So we, we full disclosure, we just wrapped up with him not too long ago. And already Jack has a text message in his text inbox on his phone. Jack, can we, can we just go ahead and read that? Yeah, we can read that. Um, so Drew, he said he'd text us together, um, Billy and myself, uh, since uh, we discussed for a little bit. And he did that. He put me and Billy in the same message as him. And Drew said this, to ensure his awesomeness, as if he needed to anyways. Right. William. He refers to Billy as William. Uh, a great start already. <laughs> One word in and we're already at a great place with this text message. William, if you want to come party with us at our beach house over the 4th, you have to go on Jack, this number, and Austin's webcast. 
now it's a okay. podcast okay not, not, okay we started off but maybe we got a little bit of two ahead of ours a webcast that that should tell you how non-technical savvy drew bennett is but we love him nonetheless it is the best one you'll ever do i'm not taking no as an answer and i will join you if you're shy jack if he pushes you off i'll send blackmail pictures to you of him so i i'm at a point where austin i would love billy to come on but i would almost just as enjoy these blackmail pictures that drew has of billy Wall. i know it's it's kind of win-win we're in the situation we're at like we're win-win right now like either we get billy volick or we get some blackmail photos from drew of billy volick <laughs> which i think again is just as equally as awesome um now i will say i hope billy isn't turned off by the point of you know like like drew said yeah it'll be the best one you've ever gone on probably because it'll be the only webcast that he has ever gone on yeah Billy's should probably we start not as referring, hot of a commodity now. As should we change our, our Twitter handles to uh, tighten up webcast? Webcast. Tighten up webcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> Mainly because it came out of Drew's mouth first. <laughs> I don't know. Tup has a good ring to it, but maybe we could do a temporary name on Twitter. We could do a two web- webcast. Yeah, we could the tours. T U W. <laughs> i don't know oh. again we'll workshop it. it's we'll we, workshop. yeah we'll, we'll look it's our first episode part. back people it's our first we're, we're still going through we we got to get it doesn't it's not easy to get back on the saddle okay it's basically what we're getting at we'll get there we've got a, an entire we've got like nine more weeks left in the off season okay um what i'll say here though is titans made a new signing oh, hassan yeah. french six seven 240 pound dude and you're probably thinking like Hassan French like what is that what why don't why does that name not ring a bell probably because you weren't a St. Louis University basketball fan the slew Billikens as a guy who just moved from St. Louis I'm well aware of the St. Louis Billikens I'm well aware of Hassan French because not to brag my old employer was the home of Billikens basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is here with, and I, I want to start at the beginning. I want to start yeah. at, you know, the starting point. So over the weekend, John Robinson on his Instagram, which I discovered he has. Um, Wait, John Robinson has an Instagram? Yeah, like only like 2,500 followers. It's surprising. But he's done a good is it, job. Is it an people. actual, is it actual him? Like did, Everything, did he post photos from the pontoon boat right after he traded for Julio Jones? So actually, no, but he did something similar for Hassan French. He, here he is, at TNJ Rob. Uh, a to Z Sports follows him. The Titans follow him. Have a nice, Hang 10 follows him. Wow. Um, and, and some others. Okay. But as I accidentally clicked on Michael Blackson live Instagram video. Um, but he posted this on, I believe, Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, back in the lab, tighten up. And it's a picture of John Robinson holding a phone to his ear on a boat. And that's where I believe that this whole Hassan French thing got its, uh, got its run. Uh, you, you know, what do you do when you're out on the lake? You drink a lot of beers. Yeah. And maybe you make a phone call or two that you probably shouldn't have made. You probably should have made. We've all been there. So, but, but in John Robinson's case, maybe this works. Maybe this drunk phone call to a college basketball player, maybe it pays off. Hassan French is a beast. Okay. Right. Yeah. So he, he leads St. Louis uh, all time in blocks. He's which, a shot blocking monster. And, and this is not hyperbole. We joke a lot on this podcast. The Billikens have a great 
basketball program and a very historic basketball program. So that, that I'm just only, I'm the, only they, adding to your point. Yeah. So the, the historic St. Louis Billikens program, uh, Hassan wait, 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 do you think I'm, wait, wait, are you, I, I do not think slew Billikens. They got a, it took me for a while to like, make sure that I didn't remember anything crazy happening up there because McDermott, Doug McDermott, his dad is the coach of Creighton, not St. Louis. Yeah. I get those two it, confused. Uh, Travis Ford, I think, is the head coach there now. It's is that a I, rapper? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, the rapper. Yeah, that's who I was referring to. No, the which which. Uh, okay, sorry, and not to derail us again. I just found John Robinson's Instagram. T N J Rob. How did you not read the bio? How did you? How did Dude, you? I read the bio. Is it fake? No, no, no. I'm saying, well, how did you not read it on this podcast? Oh, oh yeah. That's a John one. Robinson. The bio for John oh. Robinson's Instagram account is believer. Nice. Hubby. <laughs> Hubby. Dad. And EVP slash GM of the Tennessee Titans. Blessed to live in the great city of Nashville and home state. TN. Tighten up. All right. First of all, that means he's a huge fan of the podcast. Only following eight people, 2550 followers. And the people here are following, or he is following, um, looks like uh, Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. J-Rob is one of those guys who, when you ask him what he does for a living, he goes, well, first, I'm a dad. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's, he. the fact that he goes, believer, hubby, dad, and EVP slash GM of the Tennessee Titans. That's, and I love that he's also like, blessed to live in the great city of Nashville and my home state. And then hyphen TN. As if one, we were questioning what state TN J Rob lives in. And, or the fact <laughs> Come that he- on, lived, or this guy some slack. When he said blessed to live in the great city of Nashville- like I, I like that he clarified not, you know, cause he could have meant Nashville, Illinois, but instead he then clarified and said, no, my home state TN. You're being mean to a guy who just, I'm not being mean. I'm just, who I'm just, just executed the biggest trade in Titans history. He did. He did it. Look, I and look, signed not only Hassan French, but also a wrestler in J Rob. We trust. And in J Rob, we now follow uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Y'all don't go follow J Rob though. Only let us do it. It makes us no. part of an exclusive but, club. Okay, so going back, I, I like the I like the idea that you have. He's drunk on the pontoon boat. He feels a call, and he's like, "Why not sign this basketball player?" Basketball you know, player sounds like it could work. He has the same mindset of the guys in the meeting room of every episode of Pimp My Ride, and we've talked about this before. <laughs> We have talked about Pimp My Ride many times on this podcast. Naturally, it's a tighten up podcast. Why wouldn't we? So the he says, you know, they say, I'm going to put a sink in this car. And they're like, why would you put a sink in a car? And he's like, because it's never been done before. <laughs> J-Rob's on the phone. and He's like, I'm about to sign this St. Louis Billikens basketball player. And they're like, why would you sign this St. Louis Billikens basketball player? And he's like, because it's never been done before. <laughs> That's J-Rob with this signing of Hassan French. Look, 6'7", 240 pounds. That kind of size should always help you, right? I mean, football, learning football is going to be difficult. And I don't know if if Hassan French has any history playing football, but they're bringing him in to be a tight end. Titans have a need at tight end right now. Kind of wish they would go out and get an actual tight end, but 
if you're going to get a basketball player, what to me, J Rob making this deal is he saw the Jaguars sign a Mets outfielder as a tight end and said, we'll raise you a French guy who played college basketball. <laughs> Who's probably not even French, not French at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they had a budget. They they previously had a budget to go find a tight end and Julio Jones erased that budget. And so they went and, uh, found a weirdly a, a loaf of bread was at the Goodwill and they ran yeah. out with a loaf of bread from Goodwill. And that's right. now what they're going to eat for the yeah, next Yeah, He week. said, why get a, why get a three course meal at Kane prime when I could just eat this bag of bread I found on the outside of this Aldi's. <laughs> that's what he, that's what he did. So let's Hassan, Hassan French, great basketball player, averaged a double double in 2019, right. 2020. Oh. And that was a season where the Billikens were going to go to the tournament. He's an awesome player. And, you know, I went to Ole Miss, so I naturally hate Ole Mississippi State. I don't really hate them. It's just they really hate Ole Miss, so it's fun for me to kind of watch their demise, which is inevitable in every single sport, as they have never won a national title in any sport. The only SEC program, the only SEC school to not have contributed one single national championship in any wow. sport to the SEC, but I digress. Yikes. Hassan French in the NIT opening round against Mississippi State, who went on to win the NIT as, uh, as they can't win anything that matters. Uh, Hassan French had 17 and 10 in that game. And, uh, you know, I, I was watching that cheering against Mississippi state because, you know, Mississippi state isn't a rival to Ole Miss as that is more of an LSU thing, but we don't like to see them succeed. And I noticed Hassan French in that game and I was like, yeah, that's a good player. Never the, thought I'd see him again, but now we're stuck with them. The good news is this makes Titans early favorites to win the Missouri Valley conference next year. Okay. <laughs> it's the Atlantic 10. Oh, the Atlantic 10. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This makes the Titans early favorites to win the Atlantic 10 next year. The bad news is this comes off of the news of, okay, sir. Sure. Sandwich in between was the Julio Jones trade. Sure. All right. But look, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Okay. <laughs> the, but right before that though, people forget that the Titans and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I wasn't on this podcast. I wasn't as much in the day-to-day of Titans news because I was uh, busy moving my life in the span of like three weeks up to Chicago. Did the Titans really sign a wrestler? Yeah, an elite wrestler, apparently. And and not just signed a wrestler, but then like publicized it and like tried to hype it up. If you find a video of a guy you signed that just so happens to be squatting. uh, A telephone pole. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. Was it? I thought it was like a tree. It could have been a telephone pole. I mean, it was either a tree or a telephone pole. I think either Either way, both things are. I think we're we're, we're we're picking hairs here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) the dude dude squatted something large and, and, and just like, like it was nothing. So look, we started the Adam Kuhn hype machine too last week, which may have been premature on my end because I didn't know that they'd then sign a basketball player who, you know, at a position of need will probably garner a lot of media attention. So I'm willing to backpedal on that. If, if you agree. Yeah, no, that's fine. And, and look, and I'm, I'm all for this wrestler because look, Titans who post workout videos in the off season have tended, you know, they have a pretty good track record with the Mm -hmm. Titans. Okay. My question is, are the Titans looking to play football this year or are they preparing for the Olympics? Because <laughs> we got we got basketball, we got wrestling. What What's next? Are they going to about to sign a ping pong player? Racy McMath, track star, or at least yeah. his name indicates that he might be. Are we going to get a gymnast on the team? 
see 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 what they can do. Cam Batson has to be a gymnast in his past life. I look, I would take if if God forbid anything happens to Brett Kern again, I would take a gymnast as our punter without question. Hmm. Maybe a soccer player. I should maybe have gone soccer player for that. Definitely not a, a FedEx driver. Definitely. Yeah, no, I would much rather go. We've, we've tried to, we went down the FedEx driver path with Trevor. Daniel. Didn't work. And I, no. look, I credit the Titans for trying for experimenting. I get it, but it didn't work. Let's not forget that. So um, are we doing, or is this now the Hassan French hype machine that we're starting? I don't know. Is it, is it a little too early to start a, I mean, I know mini camps going on right now, but is it, is there any hype during, during mini camp? This to me feels like because well, we, the, we uh, have to pick a guy eventually, Austin. Because uh, Khalif our, Raymond was so easy; it was such an easy hype machine. Khalif Raymond, we didn't. When did that hype machine start? Did we start that in during training camp, or did we start that before? It had to be during training camp, or no? It was before because there was a lot of Khalif Raymond. Oh, he's going to take the next step this year. Yeah, um, that is true. Yeah, people were hype about that that catch he had in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah. Never to make an important catch again. I think we, I don't think we can give it to, I don't think we can give the hype machine to like a first year guy. I think it's got to be someone who's on the roster last year. Mason Kinsey was on the roster last year for Mason training Kinsey or hype training, machine. Training camp. We would be the only ones. All right, let's put a deadline on this thing. Okay. We're going to make, we're going to come up with a hype machine. First we week will. of July, we will have a hype machine. For now, we'll just call it the Luke Worsham hype machine. Okay. I like that. Uh, the, all right. Uh, so, yeah, the Titans are going to be uh, representing America in the Olympics this year, which I'm excited about. Uh, <laughs> congrats to them. The Let's get to remember the Titan before we get out of here. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. All right. So, we, uh, you guys know, what are we, 67 episodes? So, that's going to be 134 guys that are off the table. Titans haven't been around that long, so we are struggling to find guys. To it is getting hard, and I don't think you guys give us enough credit <laughs> for having to pick a random Titan every single week. So I'm going with a guy who, if any of you have heard of, you're going to have to let me know because uh, I found a guy who no is one it should Dorsey Levens? It's not Dorsey Levens, that bum. Um, Colby Buckwalt, though. Colby, Colby Buckwalt. Colby, Colby. Guy. Colby, that's right. Colby Buck Buckwheat, Buckwalt, Buckwalt. He he hails from BYU. Um, he's now forty years old. He's from Ogden, Utah. He was selected by the Saints in the seventh round of the 04 NFL Draft. Played one season with the Titans, and that was two thousand six. Uh, that was Drew Bennett's team. If if you forget, um, Colby Buckwalt didn't really have an illustrious career as a Titan. He only had one sack, one fumble recovery. Um, but I want you so so. The one sack he had came against a quarterback who um, would be a, uh, I mean, oh, oh, remember the AFC South guy. Okay. So if we're remembering the AFC South, this sack came against a quarterback by the name of David Garrard. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so he had his one sack against Jacksonville. The Titans won by a touchdown. And who knows whether or not, you know, that was the game winning sack or not, but. Uh, uh, let's just say it was. Let's say it was four for tackles Colby's. in that game. So Colby Buckwalt, Colby uh, Titans you are, hero. You are <laughs> this week's remember the Titan, and I have nothing else on Colby Buckwalt. We, we went from not knowing he was a freaking Titan to he's a Titans hero. Uh, Titans don't be the Jaguars that week without Colby Buckwalt. Two thousand six was this two thousand six week. Uh, it's going to be week fourteen, week fifteen, the fourteenth game. 
Yeah, and that was a big game. I if I if I remember correctly, the uh, Colby. They, in fact, people called it the Colby Buckwalt game. I mean, they had to win two out of three to go eight and eight, which is what they did. So thanks to right? Colby Buckwalt, and that's important in Titans lore to uh, finish the season eight and eight. Uh, Colby Buckwalt. Now, if you're curious what he's up to now, uh, definitely he. If if you have a moment, he would like to uh, take some time out to talk to you about uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. <laughs> Is that, BYU, is that is that a BYU joke? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming he's from Ogden, Utah. Went to BYU. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that. Um, my remember the Titan this week, and I may have done this guy before. Again, as Jack said, we're getting we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're literally getting plankton off the bottom of the boat now, and that's not a shot at this guy. I actually love this guy. My remember the Titan. In fact, I'm almost positive I've done this guy before, but I'm doing him again because he deserves it. Jason Fisk, Jason Fisk. Let's go. Fisk University in downtown Nashville was named after this guy. That's not true, but it, it would be <laughs> awesome if it was. He was selected by the Minnesota Vikings with the 35th pick in the seventh round, 243rd overall, meaning he was drafted higher than that loser Tom Brady. And in the 1995 NFL draft, played for the Vikings 95 to 98. Then he played for the Titans, 99-2001. This was a signing that I'm pretty sure we all remember where we were when Jason Fisk signed with the Titans. Uh, so they then he finished with the Chargers, Browns, and Rams. Had 386 career tackles, 19 sacks, four for forced fumbles, and three interceptions. And while he's with the Titans, played in Super Bowl 34, where he recorded a sack of MVP Kurt Warner. How about that? That's a good um, one to come back on. That's a good return. Remember the Titan for you. Yeah, And you remember how, and the thing I like about Jason Fisk's Wikipedia page, remember how we, I forget who, like there were a couple of like Wikipedia pages, like we would find of guys that they would be like, he played for the Titans in 99. Uh, the same Titans team that went to Super Bowl who lost to Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams. Like they would just throw that in when it had yeah, nothing to yeah. do with who the was player. That guy? There was a guy. That yeah, there was. And I, it, it irks. And I'm now that it's making my blood boil, just thinking about it, but that was not added to Jason Fisk's Wikipedia page yet, Good. which I definitely appreciate. Uh, Fisk retired after the 2006 season and went on to like coach at his old high school. And then at his alma mater, UC Davis, he is currently and I don't know how up to date this is, but he is currently an AP chemistry teacher at Vacaville High School in Vacaville, California. Yeah, I'm almost positive we brought this up before. But <laughs> AP chemistry teacher, Jason, like, do you realize, like, he's not yeah, just he's a chemistry a teacher. He went to Stanford. He double he's an, majored. He's an AP chemistry teacher, meaning, like, his students get two extra grade points just for taking his class because that's how hard it is. Jason Fisk never would have guessed that he'd go from sacking Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl to grading papers or not papers, grading tests. They don't do papers in chemistry. Do they? I don't know. I, I, I went to summer school chemistry. in chemistry. Yeah. I was, I don't, I don't, I stunk I, at, I stunk on ice at chemistry. I barely took, I never really took any classes. Science just kicked my ass. I was never a science guy. Did you take any classes really... in high school? Like where like your senior year, you were still playing with blocks. No. All right. I must have. What been kind some, of school did you go to? Hold I must have. On. I must have been in a special program. Dumbass classes. Yeah. For the, I think I was in it. There's 
the reverse of AP is just dumbass. And they, uh, that I think that they the put you in a, a block class. Yeah, we just, you know, Austin. You, I think you were. They would say they would program. say, "Can you recite the alphabet?" And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I would get, I would get like two thirds of the way in. <laughs> um. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the top uh, guys. I oh man, to say that I'm happy to be back would, is the biggest understatement. I've missed you guys. I've missed this podcast. I've missed what we've done. And most of all, I'm I'm just uh, I look. I had to, I had to kill Luke Worsham and if, in case you're wondering, yes, he is in the back of my trunk right now. I <laughs> straight up stabbed him and tied him up and he's in the back of my trunk. Um, so he's living off carrots and, and broccoli leaves. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's still alive. I didn't do a good job of stabbing him. Um, <laughs> so I'm just feeding him carrot, uh, rabbit food in the back of my, uh, of my, car uh but yeah so i look it's good to be back i appreciate all of you guys who have uh tweeted at me while i've been gone and dm'd me and uh, it's been it's been really cool i love the freaking tuppers i love you guys uh more than life itself (laughs) that's not true i love my life more (laughs) but i love you guys a close second and uh jack it's it i'm glad to be i'm glad that we're kind of getting back on this thing i know i know we got to make up for some lost time and uh I'm glad we have at least an off season before we can, you know, ramp up and get back to where we were. And, yeah. And because we go. definitely couldn't have gotten away with debating or, or covering every Madden cover since uh, 1998. Yeah, that was a classic. We've been away for too long and we needed to, to talk about every single Madden cover. <laughs> we couldn't have done that mid season. And so I'm, I'm honestly kind of glad I came back um, in the off season and, uh, and Hey, in two weeks, episode 69. So got that that that'll be a nice episode for sure uh jack um i i don't even remember how we close these things what do i i think you say do you have anything for the road oh no 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 no. wait before that follow tighten up podcast that's right yeah on instagram follow tighten up pod on twitter follow at austin huff on twitter that's me follow at jack a gentry on twitter one of my favorite followers on Twitter. I'll just say it. Um, and Thanks, follow lot. at TNJ Rob on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, yeah, is there anything? All right, Jack, you got anything for the road? I've got a Billy Volk text for the road. Stop. I've got a Billy Volk text. What my up, heart, guys? My heart has stopped right now. He said, what up, guys? Jack, I'm still waiting on my 10% kickback for making Andrew. They, they call each other by their first names. By making Andrew a superstar in Tennessee and getting him a huge contract with the Rams. And to keep the photos in Andrew's vault, I will accept your invitation. Let's go! Rain check on Beach House as we will be in Tahoe, though. Bummed we will miss each other. The last part was for Drew. I don't have a Beach House. Yeah, I don't, that went over my head, too. Uh, but Billy Volek, so that's that's confirmation, right? Uh, he's He's in. He's in. And now I just got to I've got to nail him down for a week. Hopefully, should we uh, do- hopefully next week. No, no, no. Let's do Billy Volek episode 69. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Billy Volek episode 69. Yeah. Okay. Because oh, Billy, Billy is another name for William. William is another name for Dick. Oh, no, wait. No, that's uh, no, Richard. No, 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 Never no, mind. No. Yeah, no. Willie. Willie. Billy is another name for William. William is another name for Willie. Willie. Episode 69. You catching what I'm 
Pickin', pickin Dick Willie Willie is a is that what you're saying? I'm just yeah, I'm trying to make a penis 69 joke. Anyway, uh, I'm doing a poor job at it. But guys, you got to cut me some slack because this is my first episode back in forever. All right, Billy Volek coming up in future episodes. Subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Um, again, and I'll say this: I checked the reviews while I was gone. And the, the weeks that I was off, I was like, oh, let's see, you know, if they've gotten any, let's see if Luke Worsham is up the, the review game for our podcast. He, he did not. Uh, but. Oh no. What happened? The most recent, the most recent reviews were saying four and a half stars to tighten up podcasters, 5.5 stars to buck. Keep that up. Let's keep that going. Let's get that going back up again. If you haven't left a review for this podcast, get on there on the reviews and give four and a half stars, like in the comment section, say, Point uh, four and a half stars for the Tuppers, point five stars for Buck. Let's get or, that going. Or again. even better, four and a half stars for the Tup, point five stars for Dorsey Levens. That way we know you are you a son true of Tupper. A bitch, will you stop with the Dorsey Levens hate? Never. Uh, it's now my life's mission to carry out this hatred. All right, we're getting out of here. All right, we're getting we're ending this. All right, uh, with uh, until wait, what do we? I I literally forgot what we say at the end. Until next week. Tighten up. Time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and no since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll 